The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. to the business of the business podcast i'm your host jp john pause from the two man power trip of wrestling and of course my co-host the man joining me each and every week here on the show is mr trump mania himself lobby margolin lobby how you doing today sir i'm feeling good doing great i feel like i'm beginning to master uh, time differences <laughs> through google <laughs> hoping that i don't mess that up and really excited today we have a unique episode where we're going international yes absolutely we have a very special guest he is from middle kingdom wrestling mr adrian gomez adrian how you doing today i'm good thank you so much for having me on the show guys no problem now adrian just tell us a, a little bit about your background and the chinese wrestling scene and how you got into it? Sure. Um, I have been a wrestling fan my whole life. And through being a wrestling fan and attending uh, um, independent wrestling shows in America uh, through most of my college years, uh, when I went to China, that is a, a passion that I still brought with me. Actually, I went to China to teach as an English teacher. And about uh, after about five years of living in China as an English teacher, um, I still always had that, uh, I always kept that wrestling uh, um, passion that I've had. And eventually I was able to really take that leap of faith and, and, and eventually make a wrestling company. And now we're, here we are, we're called Kingdom Wrestling. And I've been in China uh, now, I can say not just as an English teacher, but now as a uh, full-time wrestling promoter wow that's great so in when you were in the states where did you actually kind of grow up and who what what wrestling did you get into uh in the states um i would say the what first got my attention um and really elevated my wrestling fandom was uh wcw so i started watching wrestling uh very intently uh when i got the, the video game WCW World Tour on the Nintendo 64. And when I was playing that game, um, I turned on the TV maybe the next day after I rented it from a blockbuster, and I saw all the video game characters on the TV, Hulk Hogan, Sting, all of them. <laughs> it was like watching a video game, uh, watching Monday Night Nitro. And I um, eventually... Uh, as I got older, I started getting more into the independence, and that translated to Ring of Honor, especially, um, but also like CZW, IWA, Mid-South, all that stuff. And where I grew up um, was in Phoenix, Arizona. But I moved to Texas, went to school in Texas, and had uh, that's where I started getting really into the wrestling scene, the local wrestling scene, like Anarchy Championship Wrestling or IWA Texas, and I got to watch a lot of... Uh, fantastic independent wrestling and the promoter there especially uh darren childs he was really cool to let me uh you know let me be a a uh, more hands-on as a fan you know i would ask can i help out with the ring can i help you guys put the barbed wire on the no rope barbed wire match uh can i help you you know do a lot of tasks and uh you know that's where i really got to see as the name of the show, the business of the business. I got to really see uh, uh, the way things were done. Now, when you're doing that, are you getting also like a, a lesson in promoting shows and like the behind the scenes stuff, or, or is that yet to come as far as you coming along? Wow. Uh, you know, I was, while doing those things, that was always my intention, actually. 
to to see the behind the scenes and to see the way things are done and to imagine myself um, as that promoter and the way he uh, he or she would talk to the wrestlers or how he would set up, uh, you know, how, when was call time to the ring or, you know, how to deal with wrestlers who no showed or, um, you know, payouts. I got to see payouts and, and that kind of stuff. So that was all stuff that I that I was so interested in. And actually it's one of the reasons why I like, uh, I still to this day uh, follow uh, uh, the wrestle, the larger wrestling companies like WWE and, and Impact. And I, I'm always interested in the way they do things uh, um, as uh, the way as the way the companies run. In fact, that's why I follow Levy because he has a tendency to, to retweet and comment on really interesting aspects of the business. Um, that's why I've been following him on Twitter for a while because uh, I don't see too many people who are that uh, interested in, 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 in talking about those aspects of the business. So I really enjoy seeing the stuff that he shares on, on Twitter uh, and learning more about the way things are done, like Ring of Honor and, and the way they calculate sales and all that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, Lobby, you want to kind of uh, jump in here? Because I feel like you got so many questions for him, but that's kind of like the perfect segue for, uh, for you. No, uh, thank you. That actually means a lot. Um, we have a lot of respect for what you've done, and we really want to learn more. Um, you seem uh, fairly humble about it, but I think you've you've done some amazing things. And I actually want to do a deep dive as much as you feel comfortable, sort of explaining the process, because it seems it still seems mysterious and and really quite amazing what you've done so far. So, you're in China. You're um, a teacher. You love wrestling. What happens next? How did you, was there any local wrestling you saw and thought maybe I could do it differently? How did things get started? Um, yeah, so it, it all started with, uh, with Google searches, which led me to almost nowhere. <laughs> um, and, and, but in China, you have, to, uh, you have to consider that, you know, there are kind of two different sides of the internet. You know, there's inside the Great Firewall and there's inside the Great Firewall. And inside the Great Firewall would be using more Chinese website services like Baidu and QQ and and um, and those uh, and those applications. Uh, finding wrestling in China uh, did involve having to uh, use Baidu and, and and researching it through through Chinese search engines. After finding uh, <clears throat> a few people that I could, uh, uh, that led me to other people and eventually led me to a man named uh, Ho Ho Loon. <laughs> um, and you guys might know Ho Ho Loon uh, through the WWE Cruiserweight Classic. He's a Hong Kong wrestler. Um, and um, when I found Ho Ho Loon, uh, he's from Hong Kong, so he had Facebook. And I was able to connect on VPN to, to talk with Ho Ho Loon. And, he kind of gave me a deep dive of, you know, what is the current wrestling scene like in China? He told me about a few names, some people I might want to talk to, because um, at that time, we're talking 2015, um, there had been some attempts at uh, wrestling promotions. There had been, um, <clears throat> including one by uh, a man named uh, The Slam. Uh, the Slam is a Chinese wrestler who has been deeply involved in the Chinese wrestling scene for, I would say since about like 2011. And um, while he's never quite had the budget to do anything big, he has um, made a name for himself in the hardcore internet Chinese wrestling fan community. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> after eventually being connected with the slam in China, um, that is where I was really able to find uh pro wrestlers in China because he had trained a number of, of, of really passionate Chinese wrestlers. Uh, and um, that's really how it started. At you know, I was able to find a roster through him. And at the time, he didn't really have a budget to run shows, but I was passionate and I was ready to do something. And I said, Let, let's use your guys. Um, and, and, um, Let's use some other guys that I have found that reached out to me in China, foreigners. And that's kind of how it started. I found, I, I kind of put out an ad uh, on Chinese internet and like cagematch.com and wrestlingforum.com saying, hey, 
I want to run a wrestling company. There's got to be wrestlers in China. And I got, I did get reached out by a number of uh, foreign wrestlers who were living in China, not as wrestlers, but doing other jobs. So through those guys, plus the wrestlers that the Slam had already trained, um, I was able to put on the first ever MKW show in 2015. Amazing. So do you feel like one of the the reasons that you were able to break through was that you were already in China and, and getting a, a good understanding of the culture rather than um, an outside promotion trying to come in? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, that is so important in, in being here because there are so much, uh, there are so many things in China that really require um, a lot of on the ground experience, especially in running a wrestling show. So, or running a wrestling promotion or even a wrestling school. Um, and being able to be here and understand how things work here and also utilizing, well, you know, there are just some disadvantages, like obviously like YouTube can't work uh, for most people and Facebook, but knowing that actually those websites don't work YouTube, but you know, Yoku does and Yoku and, and, and Billy Billy do and all these other website, all these other Chinese versions, which, Actually, you can use that to your advantage because in China, there are more internet users than any other country in the world. So you still have access to those internet users. You just need to cater to, to them better than trying to reach them from Twitter, which you're going to reach very few. <clears throat> so um, in terms of your program, MK, MKW Blast Off, sort of how is that distributed? I know you just mentioned that YouTube isn't in use in China as much, but that seems to be how you're distributing internationally. So how are you doing it locally? Um, and do you have any um, stats that you want to share? Sure. Um, how we do it locally, we, in China, actually, surprisingly, the, the, uh, the video streaming platform, so it is, is, is a bit more, uh, less monopolized in China actually, than it is in America or outside the world, uh, internationally. YouTube seems to be like the only place you're going to upload your, 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 your videos if you're outside China. But in China, there's actually different audiences for different video streaming sites. For, you know, there's Yoku, there's Billy Billy, there's Aichi, which I think WWE, that was the first one that WWE was on, I think. Um, there's, um, um, Tencent video um, and, 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 and so many other applications. So we put our videos on Yoku, Billy Billy, and Tencent. And um, as far as our stats, we actually have a, a pretty good relationship with uh, Yoku. And we do have somebody in Yoku who does uh, push our videos to the front page of the sports section. And that is through a, uh, um, a really good uh, there's some really good people in Yoku who really believe in wrestling in China and MKW. So on Yoku, our stats would be around, oh my gosh, um, some of them have reached uh, maybe like 500,000 uh, views. Um, I, I wish I could have, I, I, you know, I could actually check, uh, but some of them have reached close to a million views. Um, so obviously, uh, we do get more views in China than we do outside. We upload to, to YouTube because we do want the world to know that there's wrestling, but it's not necessarily a priority for us. Sure. And when there's a half sure. million million views, um, are those matches or is it the blast off program? What seems to carry best? The blast off program, uh, for sure. Be um, and and that is that is the the primary that is the primary program that uh, Yoku has uh, helped us to promote. Uh, last off, sure. So um, for anyone uh, internationally that's listening, especially for other promoters or streaming services or OTT platforms, what are your goals for international? Who would you want to connect more with, and and where do you want to go? Well, um, actually. We, MKW has uh, promoted shows outside uh, of China several times. Um, we have promoted shows in Thailand, in South Korea, in Vietnam, in Nepal. Um, and we, one of the big things that we did was 
because of the China's One Belt, One Road initiative, which was started a few years ago by the, uh, by the, by the Chinese party, um, which was supposed to be, which is supposed to kind of revitalize the uh, Silk Road uh, traveling route um, between China all the way to Western Europe and, and in, uh, throughout South Asia. We thought what better way to reach MKW, what better way to have MKW reach more cultures while promoting Chinese characteristics like the One Belt, One Road. So we created the MKW Belt and Road Championship. And in the first ever Belt and Road Championship tournament, we actually invited 12 wrestlers, all from different uh, countries that represent China's One Belt, One Road, like India and Nepal, Mongolia and so on. And then after that, we wanted to take it abroad, which is why we, we, we ran a Belt and Road Championship tournament in Nepal, where even we even had the, the prime minister attend uh, and, and give us a speech on wrestling. Um, and, and we wanted to, actually this uh, last year, we were going to announce the Belt and Road Championship Tournament in Malaysia. But of course, uh, the pandemic did stop that. But um, this is just, uh, we want to use interesting Chinese characteristics to better reach uh, the world. Because we don't want, I don't want to just say this is wrestling from China. It has to be some, you know, something that makes people say, you know what, this is interesting, this is different, and 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 this is something that I I want to follow. Uh, that's not like the other stuff I watch. Um, now I feel like sometimes in the wrestling community, there's takes like hot takes that aren't very well informed. For example, they might say, oh. People in China haven't seen pro wrestling, so they think it's real. But I think that people are more sophisticated than that. So sort of like when you go into a new territory, sort of what's the reaction? Do you feel that some of the audience has been exposed to a form of pro wrestling before and understands it and others are learning? Where, where do things stand when you explore new territories? I would say it's somewhere in the middle. Um, the, newer gen- the, the younger generation... Um, I would say probably going from millennial down, you know, to Gen Z and so on, uh, are definitely aware of professional wrestling. Um, WWE has a presence online. They really do. Um, and, and, and a lot of their videos on like Douyin, which is like Chinese TikTok, which is TikTok, but it's called Douyin, um, and, and, and other video platforms, there's a lot of like short viral WWE videos and it's very easy to watch WWE. So most young people, if they see wrestling performance, um, a wrestling event, a wrestling match, at like for example, a shopping mall or maybe out uh, in public, maybe like at a, at a amusement park or something um, and we're running a wrestling show, Yes, the young people, they'll, they'll get it very quickly. But you also have to understand, if, if you watch anything within the com- confines of a ring with ropes and two people who are pretending <laughs> to hit each other, or in some cases really hating each other, then I think it's very normal for older people to be like, wow, this is real. They're really hitting each other. I mean, you just have to look at the context. There's a referee. There's two fighters. Um, so, yeah, some people will believe it's real. I do think, though, by and large, um, the, the, uh, the younger generation, they know what it is. Um, while the older generation, they, I, if they've not been exposed to it, and there's no reason for why they would be if they're only watching television and not really using um, too many uh, online apps, then, yeah, I could see that they might be real. But I would say the answer is really somewhere in the middle there. <clears throat> in terms of your international travels, um, some quick geopolitical research that you can correct me if this is off has shown that uh, North Korea and China have a strong relationship for many years and they're considered their strongest trading allies. Has there been any thought or possibility of running pro wrestling in North Korea? Say that again. Sure. Um, Hello? So can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. You were just saying about North Korea and China. 
Yes. So uh, from what I've read, um, there's a good working relationship for many years. Um, so while the possibility of running pro wrestling would be very difficult coming from certain countries or organizations, it seems like the door is open for business. Would there be the opportunity to explore running pro wrestling in North Korea? <laughs> uh, wow, that's a that's a very interesting question. Um, running wrestling in North Korea. Well, I think you're basing that off of uh, what you, you, you know, you said you did some research that there is a working relationship between North Korea and China. Um, you know, um, I, 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 I'm not ex entirely sure um, if that working relationship between China and North Korea involves like entertainment, because I've never heard like, for example, like Chinese uh, um music stars or anything like that going to North Korea. Um, as far as I know, the relationship seems to be strictly like on trade. Um, but if that were to happen, gosh, that um, I really am, I really don't have much to add to that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, it would be it would be something that would require uh, probably some hesitation for sure, uh, but also, uh, while also uh, thinking about the, what that could represent, <laughs> running sure. wrestling in North Korea. Understood. <clears throat> we'll, we'll leave that alone at the moment. Um, so in terms of the um, style of MKW, um, often when we see new territories and, and styles come migrate to America, or at least, you know, being exposed to the style, it's a bit different than what we're familiar with. Is there a certain quote unquote Chinese wrestling style or MKW wrestling style that would differ than what we've seen from a North American perspective? Well, I think a lot of it, maybe probably because of what comes from the top, which in this case would be me as an American. And um, you will see MKW definitely is influenced by American style wrestling. Um, and I would say that even more so than Japanese or uh, Mexican lucha, lucha style. So, um, but, as, but naturally uh, when the dominant culture uh, that represents the, 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 the roster, in MKW is Chinese, a lot of them do have their idea and their vision, these Chinese wrestlers, of what represents, you know, a cool or dangerous or um, heroic uh, kind of uh, star. So you are going to see uh, Chinese influences in wrestling, uh, in, in wrestling when the dominant uh, roster when, when the dominant amount of of, of uh, the nationality of the majority of the wrestlers are Chinese, so they grew up on on you know their forms of entertainment. So when their idea of a babyface or of a heel um, could be uh, uh, better understood by a Chinese audience. So yes, I do think that there is uh, a Chinese style, and it just comes from the fact of their background and how they grew up. Now, would I say like, is there a Chinese style to take a bump? Is there a Chinese style to hit the ropes? Not necessarily, no. Um, but are there elements of Chinese culture in our shows? Absolutely. So um, in reviewing some of your um, social media and, and some of the uh, films, it looks like there's some international talents. Um, like the ESL teacher, Big Sam and Queen Marie, were they already in China or did they come specifically for your shows? Um, wrestlers like the ones you mentioned, like yes. uh, Big Sam and Steve, the ESL teacher and so on. Uh, the, a great, a, the great majority of them were already in China and they found me or I found them due to the fact that they do have a wrestling background. So you know, maybe they were wrestlers or they trained to be wrestlers in America or in the UK or in their home country. And they came to China and, you know, they wished, they hoped that they could find some kind of scene to carry on their, their passion to perform. And um, that would be the case for most wrestlers that we have on our full, on our full-time roster. There are other wrestlers that we have brought in um, to uh, just to work in China. That would be like, 
Zombie Dragon um, would probably be the first wrestler that we brought in just to work from China, just to work in China. Um, and of course, we do bring in uh, several wrestlers for, I guess you could say, one-offs. Um, though, hope, though we, we do try to work with wrestlers more consistently and regularly than just bringing them one time. But there have been a lot of wrestlers we've brought to China just to work uh, a match uh, or two. If I was a WWE or AEW representative, um, you would probably be the first person I would call if I wanted to get a better foothold in this market as well as some of the three or four other countries that you mentioned. Would that be a goal of yours to work with a, um, a bigger organization like that from a consulting basis or have a more formal relationship? Or do you like to sort of stay within your own uh, ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will always, I mean, WWE has always been such a huge, probably the, one of the most consistent things of my life <laughs> has been the WWE. Uh, whether uh, watching it because I love it so much or watching it uh, because I'm so fascinated by some background thing or, or some um, wrestling legend or stories behind it. Um, to do something with the WWE in that sense, in that particular sense that you mentioned, like a consultant or something, yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, they do have their own office here, WWE in Shanghai. Um, and um, I don't think they have as much resources. Uh, I think all countries that the WWE runs in have different, they allocate different level of resources to it. I, I, I'm not, I, I do think, I believe personally that the, that the resources that WWE allocates internationally to some countries, like for example, China, are quite under-resourced uh, just based on the, the activities that they're allowed to do and, and, and the amount of marketing that they're able to, to execute. So um, if there's any way to help in that sense, in China, uh, for the WWE, sure, absolutely, would love to to have that opportunity. Now, AEW, um, and I do thank AEW for uh, the amount of attention that they put on Chinese wrestling a few years ago. Has it been a few years since AEW opened? I'm not sure. I think it's been about about a year and a half, right? Um, when they made their their partnership with the OWE, which was the Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Um, which uh, um, at that time, OWE seemed like a really big deal. So, but that also made it so that uh, more people would pay attention to the Chinese wrestling scene. They, because, oh, AEW is working with a Chinese company. Then they would look at that Chinese company and look at others. So that was really cool. Um, I do want to say uh, that. I don't think the relationship between OWE and AEW worked out that well. And I do think that there were probably some promises that were said that were made that didn't, or, or maybe some, maybe some people relied on half truths, but I do hope that AEW hasn't given up on Chinese wrestling because of the China, because of their relationship with the OWE, which obviously is not mentioned anymore. And there's probably a reason why it's not mentioned anymore. But I hope AEW hasn't given up on the Chinese wrestling scene because uh, there's still uh, other organizations and other wrestlers that are still really hungry to be able to be in that position to work together with a company like AEW. No, I know the, the OWE relationships seem to come out of nowhere and it burns really hot but then burned out i know that they had done a show in toronto over that wrestlemania weekend and chris harrington the uh one of the vice presidents of aw um who many of us know through twitter um had attended that show but and then there was long-form articles about why things fell apart so it, it is a little bit confusing from an outsider but sort of what are you, you know, in light of COVID, of course, we want to learn about the impact on your business, but also what are your plans moving forward? What do you see things as in three years, five years, and, and so on? Um, the plan moving forward is to continue to build a wrestling culture in China. To, to, for there to be a business uh, a really sustainable business in China for wrestling, the culture has to be there. Um, and simply put that uh, it, it's the, the current 
hardcore Chinese wrestling fan base, which does exist, uh, needs to be significantly bigger than it is now. And also the casual audience needs to be there more. Um, we are in it for the long run when it comes to building uh, Chinese wrestling, uh, a Chinese wrestling culture in China. And that is something that I think MKW has done better than any other company in, in China uh, as far as uh, introducing wrestling through more unique and interesting ways so that, you know, not necessarily, you don't necessarily always need a wrestling show, a wrestling event to promote wrestling. So MKW is going to continue to look and explore uh, in more unique ways to, 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 to expand professional wrestling through, uh, through more creative ways. So just to say, like, in the future, in the short future, you know, we're, we're, we want to, uh, a lot of uh, people, a lot of people in China are very interested in reality shows or um, um, competitions, reality competitions. We think that's uh, an interesting avenue for MKW because we have wrestlers who would love to be uh, showcased uh, on, on reality shows. And that is something that thankfully we're in a position to produce. Um, and <clears throat> we can tie in professional wrestling with other, uh, we can tie in other things in back to professional wrestling. So we hope in the next three to five years, we have uh, found really, uh, we have found a, a very sustainable way to bring other forms of entertainment into professional wrestling so that uh, we're not relying just on wrestling uh, and then not kind of closing our uh, closing our our, our our creative borders just on oh we got to have a wrestling show we got to have a wrestling show there's got to be other ways too uh, to do that I really feel that way no that makes sense um, John did you have other questions yeah with OWE are they still around I haven't heard literally anything about them since that AEW stuff oh uh, you know they definitely. Are, I, I don't want to say that they're not around because a lot of people might consider they're not around because of the fact that now they're just kind of running uh, like, I'm not sure if this culture exists in like America, but like in China, particularly in Shanghai, there are like bar clubs, like like fight bar clubs, where it's like a bar around a ring, like a boxing ring or an MMA ring. And people drink and smoke and watch a fight. Um, OWE has been, seems to have been sustaining themselves over the last, I would say, throughout the COVID uh, by working these MMA, like, cage fight shows using their wrestlers. So that's what I see them doing. Um, do they promote it a lot? Not really. Um, they don't seem too, I mean, it seems like they, they get a crowd every every few week, every week in Shanghai doing that. So if you're interested in what OWE is doing, I can't say too much because I, I simply don't know. We don't work that closely together, but from what I can see, they're doing that every week in Shanghai, working these cage fight bars. As far as MKW and, and what you guys want to do, how popular is, you know, Chinese wrestling to, to the fans. Cause everyone thinks of Japanese wrestling and how enormously popular it's been for many, many years. And you know, they always think about new Japan and Noah and old Japan, and all this other stuff. So how popular amongst the actual fans is wrestling in China? Not, not popular. Unfortunately, that's the, the short answer is it's not popular. Um, now the long answer is that, the, there's a very high level of curiosity surrounding wrestling. So basically, if you were to, to put wrestling in front of people's eyes, especially a live product, not just a video product, but a live product, people are going to stay. They are going to watch it. They are, you know, there is, a, there is such a, um, it, it's dazzling to watch. Nobody, you know, it's wrestling, you know, especially when you have the, the, the right lighting and the entrances and the charismatic characters. People in China, we have no problem catching people's eyes to watch it if we're running a wrestling show live in front of a free audience. 
But if you're talking about uh, when you put that barrier of making people, asking people to pay for it uh, directly, and I'm not talking about like um, ads, but I'm talking about like literally buying a ticket. No, wrestling is still not still not popular in China. And unfortunately, I think WWE saw that in their last Shanghai tour. I think they only sold, oh my gosh, uh, it looked only about 50, 40, 50% sold, the Mercedes-Benz Arena. So it's still a long ways to go, which is why I insist on China needs a wrestling culture, not just wrestling. Yeah, it definitely seems like it wasn't ever a part of the culture over there for sure. Now, does WWE affect you guys at all and, and is there going to be a wb performance center that may affect you guys at all over there um you know i so far so far wwe has benefited us because it's brought more eyes to wrestling in china and when they run their for example in 2000 i think it was 2019 they did their shanghai tryout uh, they've done two tryouts in china in shanghai one in 2016 and one in 20 19 and um that was good for us our guys had a chance to go there they had a chance to i mean they were candidates for wwe in the WWE tryout so that brought more media for us and more attention now as far as the wwe investing in a, a performance you know a WWE china performance center um i mean I, I i still would see that as good news that would give people more people a desire to come in and be interested in wrestling if they see there is a very viable career in wrestling to support themselves, support their families. So I think it's a good thing, or it would be a good thing. How come pro wrestling, we're kind of talking about not being a part of the culture, how come it never really got into the the Chinese culture? Because, you know, it's huge in Mexico, huge in the United States, huge in Japan. How come it never kind of circulated out to China? Hmm. Um, I think a lot of it, I, and here's the thing. I think, uh, I could be wrong about Japanese wrestling history. I'm not sure, but I'm going to assume that, you know, new Japan and all Japan, um, have always had presence on WWE TV. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. On Japanese TV. Television is so important. You grow up with something on TV. That is a game break. That is a game changer right there. Let me tell you, actually, WWE Biggest market in in China. They're, they're, it, we're talking about our uh, on a provincial level. On a provincial level in China, Guangdong Province uh, is the only province in China that has ever had WWE officially on a TV station. And Guangdong TV uh, ha- had, I think, like a weekly WWE summary show. You know, one of those like WWE, yeah, like a summary show um, every week from the early 2000s until now. And the biggest market in China for wrestling is Guangdong Province. It's very simple correlation there between WWE's uh, presence in, on TV in Guangdong and the fact that 40, more than 40%, I'm talking the last time I saw the numbers were maybe around. 2017 or 2018 uh where i spoke with uh the president of one of the largest like wrestling news dirt sheet website in china called shui jiao wang and they pre- and he told me and he showed me that guangdong accounts for more than 40 percent of viewer traffic that province and that province is the only one in china that's ever had wwe tv so I think if China had it on a national level, it would have been, uh, there would have been a huge fervor in in pro wrestling in China. As far as when the NWA went to China a few years ago, I think um, Nick Aldis defended the title over there. I think Colt Cabana was on that tour. Did you play any part in in helping that tour or or did they do that through another promotion? Uh, They did that through uh, Mr. Simon and Oki. Mr. Uh, uh, Simon Anoki, he uh, he has been involved in Chinese wrestling for a while, um, and um, he's always ha- had a great relationship with uh, David Marquez, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and as far as Simon Oki's wrestling relationship, it's, it's also more of like a business relationship outside of wrestling. I think they sell like water machines or something. He, 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 something selling water machines from Japan into China, which was able to help uh, build a wrestling. He was able to uh, use some of those connections to build a wrestling company uh, called IGF in, in China. And uh, I, Mr. David Marquez, he's always been, uh, as far as I know, a good friend of Simon's. I think he was the the president of uh, the president of uh, New Japan, America, mm-hmm. USA, Tokyo. Yeah. And um, when uh, David, uh, when Simon uh, contacted uh, David, the uh, um, he, was, I think he contacted David was the first person he contacted when he, when he got this opportunity to to uh, do a. Uh, I guess you could say an NWA show. Um, it was it was more of a United Wrestling Network show, considering the bulk of the talents. Um, but um, I think uh, uh, I think the the WWE, the NWA title ended up getting uh, um, brokered into that deal. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but I can just say that I wasn't involved in it. But I do know a lot of the people in in there. And I'll be honest with you, when the show actually happened. Uh, I had heard about it. Uh, they contacted me about it first. Um, and when I got contacted about that show, they were really asking me a lot, too many personal questions about uh, the fees of talent. It looked like they were looking more for phone numbers. They were asking me, can you get Ryback? Can you get uh, Ricochet? Kenny Omega? And I said, just show me a budget. And then I'll think about who I can get. And then uh, about six months later, uh, they, I guess they went to Simon and they actually didn't end up getting a show. And to be honest, it was a really cool looking show in Wenzhou, China. <clears throat> yeah, the way it was uh, produced and set up, it was cool. But obviously there hasn't been one since. So I don't know how well it did or, or didn't do, but it, it's just interesting that they never came back. You know, they, they never ran another show. Um, I think uh, I think the Land Rover was the sponsor of that show, Land Rover. Um, and um, I think without a sponsor, uh, it, 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 it's not going to come back. So, I mean, that's a huge fee to bring. You know, it's not like uh, an, an MKW where everything is hired locally. I mean, as far as I know, the whole production was brought over from, from Los Angeles. Which is obviously very, very expensive. As far as kind of uh, MKW, when things start to open up again, and you know, the, hopefully, it's, you know, everything is behind us as far as the pandemic and stuff. Are you going to look at maybe bringing guys over, or, or is that something you you want to more focus on the guys you have? I'm sorry, you mean bringing guys over from um, from the United States, from from around the world to China? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we were always bringing people over. I mean, um, you know, we brought, uh, we have a good relationship with uh, the United Wrestling Network, you know, so we brought in the Rockness Monsters, uh, Peter Avalon, uh, we were um, brought in Congo Kong, um, and, 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 and we were going to continue to bring in more, uh, more wrestlers from different nations. We always have. Um, in fact, uh, the last promoted wrestler before the pandemic was a uh, Leva Bates. We were going to bring her in um, from AEW. And, um, but of course the pandemic, but yeah, we're always going to look at which names we feel can be the most valuable um, to us as, and, and to our fans. And um, as soon as that's allowed, we would uh, love to continue our working relationship with uh, the, the promotions that we've had a that we've uh, the friends and from the promotions we've made around the world as far as those talents and names how recognizable are a lot of those names to the you know the just the regular chinese public or the casual fans you know like over here everyone knows certain names or you know obviously like the rock and those big names sure everyone knows but like the, the smaller names or the medium names like are they recognizable to casual fans in china uh... Not, uh, oh my gosh. Um, obviously, John Cena and The Rock, absolutely. They're popular in China. 
Uh, if we're talking about below that, um, I really do think that the great majority of WWE wrestlers probably would not be uh, get too much attention in China today, um, unless they're with they're around uh, at least casual viewers of the WWE. So it's really hard. There, I would. There's there's no super, pro wrestling superstar in China because. Uh, and the only reason The Rock and John Cena are is because they're film stars. Yeah, I guess that that's like kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I guess casual fans don't really know any of you know the the big names that, that the American fans would know. So it's a much like we're saying much different culture, but it's just much different as far as like wow, they they really need to be educated on a lot of the popular wrestlers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and thankfully we have a a very good writing team at MKW who. When we do bring in wrestlers, whether they're, they're, they're names or they're uh, bigger names in smaller territories, I guess you could say, like in Philippines or Singapore or Malaysia, where they're relatively popular in their home countries, we do our best to educate people and say, this is why this person coming is a big deal, who they are. And, and how they're treated in their country. Is there any relationship with WWN? And, and I know Evolve is gone, but Evolve, they seem like they were breaking into that market a lot and breaking in over there. Is there any sort of still relationship with WWN? <clears throat> um, WWN, uh, they, I think they toured in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they created, I guess they had a sponsor or kind of like a, proxy company in china called like great wall entertainment and they ran three shows here and as far as uh, from what i heard that they were uh they, they did pretty well but um after that tour um i i'll be honest i when i when i first started in mkw when i first started mkw gabe sapolsky was one of the first people i try to reach out to uh, Probably my message is still unread, <laughs> so I don't know uh, exactly uh, what happened there. It's just interesting. Like some of the people think, I guess that uh, China is going to be big, 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 and then they disappear, and you guys are still there. It's one of the things that I always notice. I'm like, you know, where did this person go, or this, or this organization, or you know, WB has been quiet over there. It's just interesting that you guys are still kind of able to do it. But I guess it's a lot to do with local, local talent. You guys being local, knowing your market. I, I, I would say that you're absolutely right. It's about really understanding and also respecting uh, China and not only seeing it as, oh, there's 1.4 billion people, so therefore I'm going to be a billionaire. <laughs> it's not that simple. Um, but um, that's not to say that uh, although we're still around and everyone and, and several other companies aren't, you know, we're still hustling and crawling and clawing <laughs> literally every single day. Um, and, but we really do have a very, uh, uh, I would say a very realistic view of ourselves and what we want wrestling to be. Um, and we're not just looking at it as every, you know, I didn't come into this, this thing, there's a billion people, so that's a billion dollars. <laughs> um, I came into this saying, we got to build wrestling in China because in my first five years in China, I didn't have enough people to even know what wrestling was. So as, as long as we're, we're slowly changing that, and then eventually that change can really evolve into a, uh, a very profitable market where several people, not just a few people, but several people can you know, really make a living off of wrestling, that would be the best thing. I think for now. Um, and like I was said earlier in the answer about the future, um, I look at so many things in China and I don't necessarily think about like, oh, this could make a lot of money. But what I think is, you know what, we could use this aspect of Chinese culture and, and, and maybe use that as a way to bring it back to Chinese wrestling so we can really build uh, a, a, a natural culture. Uh, in China about wrestling. And I think that would be great for everyone. 
I feel like you guys are going about it, and you obviously yourself going about it a very smart way because that is dead. WWE is definitely like, oh, there's a billion people over there. Let's let's get over there. Or, you know, certain organizations definitely think that that you know it's going to be something, but you guys know you're on the ground floor. You're on the you know the the heart of it. Really, you're in in the thick of it. You know that it's not that that simple. So I I like that you guys are kind of. Not smarter, but let's just say ahead of the curve on a lot of these other promotions. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I hope, uh, and I hope that our way is is actually the right way too. And then so far, I would say that our team uh, feels pretty confident about that. <clears throat> Lavi, did you have any other questions for Adrian? Yeah, I just had a couple more questions. I know, I believe you're about 13 hours ahead, so we, we have to be fair and let you get some rest tonight eventually. <laughs> but just two more questions. So often when uh, when pro wrestling is breaking into a new market, from like a Vince McMahon type perspective, sometimes it's about the look. See somebody so tall, so muscular, um, so big, that it turns heads and people have to say like, who is this person? Does that matter at all in the Chinese market? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not gonna lie and say I don't. Uh, that that doesn't that doesn't turn my head. Um, so absolutely, uh, size, uh, especially what you described. You're talking like a very tall, very strong, muscular. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, and I do think that. Yeah, if, if we had a lot of those prototypes in China, um, and it's not realistic to, 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 to expect that from everyone or even the majority of, of wrestlers. But if we had some of those, uh, more of those, we definitely would turn more heads in China. I mean, everybody, um, I think that's a very, that's human nature to, to, to see um, that prototype style of fighter uh, wrestler and, and, and not feel um, your eyes almost, uh, 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 you know, attract, so attracted to it, almost like a, like a tractor beam. You know, you just want to look at it like, wow, how could this person look so strong? And, and that could go also for a female a performer too as well. I mean, that, that, that perfect body type is... Uh, is something that absolutely uh, turns heads in China. So the last question from me, um, in terms of talking about provinces, provinces, excuse me, and regions in China where pro wrestling is popular, I'm curious about Hong Kong as it's had a very different history as an international city. Is there um, an upswell of popularity in terms of international wrestling in Hong Kong? Do you see any um, buzz for your promotion there? Um, well, in Hong Kong, we are, we, I've been good friends with for a long time, Ho Ho Loon. And Ho Ho Loon is not only a professional wrestler from Hong Kong, he's also a promoter. Uh, he created the first ever wrestling company in Hong Kong called uh, HKWF, Hong Kong Wrestling Federation. And um, he has a, a really, uh, not just been a pioneer in, in Hong Kong wrestling, but still and continues to be the face of Hong Kong wrestling. And I did get to see the growth of the, of the crowd size there. You know, the, I think I went to my first show uh, there in like 2015 and, and by 2019, I mean, they were running triple shots, all of them sold out. Um, and, and, and Dragon Gate was touring uh, twice a year in Hong Kong and then, selling seven eight hundred tick you know tickets which is really good um so the hong kong wrestling scene unfortunately has probably been hit one of the hardest by covid uh one of the hardest i i, I mean it's you know it's a city state so you know uh it's its own special it's a, its own special region but it's also just a city and because of that uh they can't you know they don't have a choice to go to the region or that region. So uh, it's a real shame what's happened uh, this in the last uh, year and a half or a year plus to Hong Kong wrestling. But um, it is a fascinating scene too, a very fascinating scene. And um, yeah, I hope more people 
had a chance to uh, talk about Hong Kong wrestling too, because it's very obviously because of the one country, two systems thing, there's always been a strong connection between the mainland and Hong Kong and Ho Ho Loon has uh, really, uh, it's, 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 it's very interesting how everyone seems to know Ho Ho Loon and <laughs> that I know and uh, in, in wrestling, not just in Hong Kong and China, but outside of those countries. <clears throat> no, thank you. That's actually really insightful. I think um, that just speaks to the whole interview. You know, some bigger wrestling outlets, you know, they have to chase whatever the newest story is. And that's really our focus in terms of um, exploring some areas of the business that aren't as uh, dived into as deeply. And I don't think from somebody not living there or um, uh, as familiar with the culture that we could have gotten this understanding as well from from your perspective. So it's really been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I've, uh, like I said, I, I've been a a huge fan of uh, your your Twitter <laughs> your Twitter feed. Actually, I remember I was uh, actually I think I found your WeChat. I, I think I found your Twitter while being uh, sitting in a Myanmar. Uh, rural uh, quarantine center. I was in Myanmar and they suspected for some reason uh, I had a cold and they suspected I had a uh, COVID-19. So they put me like an hour outside the city in like my own hospital. And this was like in March of last year. And I just remember the, maybe the reason why uh, I came across is because I just remember sitting so bored in the hospital bed just looking on Twitter for statistics of like Ring of Honor <laughs> ticket sales, and I came across your your Twitter. Uh, so I think it's interesting. A year later, we have this interview. Wow, that, that's pretty amazing. If I could help, you know, make that difficult time any better, I'm I'm happy to do so. I don't know if it was worth the trade off, but I will still try and provide <laughs> as, as good content as I can to help move things along for for everybody. Now, Come Adrian. Thanks, lady. Before we let you go, please give us all the plugs for MKW and also for yourself. Sure. Uh, please check us out uh, on middlekingdomwrestling.com. Uh, and on our website, we also have links to follow us on all of our social media channels. We are MKW Wrestling on Twitter. We are MKW China on Instagram. MKW China on Facebook. Um, and you can follow me, uh, Adrian uh, G4, Adrian G4 at, on Twitter, or Adrian G, Adrian Gomez MKW on uh, Instagram. So it's a lot to take in, but if you, if you found the, my take on, on wrestling uh, interesting, then yeah, I appreciate a follow. And Lobby, please give us uh, all your uh, plugs and social media as well. Yes, as Adrian had talked about, you could really access my Twitter from anywhere in the world and whatever circumstances, and hopefully it makes your day better. So find me on Twitter at LaVieMarg, L-A-V-I-E-M-A-R-G, L-A-V-I-E-M-A-R-G, and uh, find my long-form articles on lioncubjobsearch.com. Check out my books on Amazon, any Amazon platform around the world. Um, just search LaVieMargolin. And of course, for me, you could check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out my website, tmptempire.com. And also check out Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Adrian, thank you again. It's been uh, great getting to connect. And I know you're uh, way ahead of us time-wise. So maybe I'm going to have to take some bets, uh, get some info from you, and uh, get some uh, early betting, you know, since you're, you're so ahead of us time-wise. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure, sure. Uh, well, I'm happy to provide the future uh, future information. <laughs> all right, awesome stuff. Thank you uh, so much, to Adrian, and of course to Lavi and all the fans out there listening. We will see you right back here next week on the business of the business. See you next week, folks.
This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. <laughs>